0: to be with you. I'm Rabbi Ken Brodkin. This is the Jewish Growth Podcast, and it's been a while since we've connected on this platform. No excuses, but things have been rather hectic. But we will be back with regular installments here. And ever since we began reading Devarim just a couple of days ago, I've been thinking a lot about the concept of justice, which really is so important in the the entire uh, safer of Devarim and this time of year, and of course, just in the world and in general. And I was thinking that many years ago, I connected with a, a Jewish prison inmate. Let's call him Rob. Rob and I exchanged letters, and eventually we met after his release. And while Rob made it out of prison, he never had it easy. He struggled to get steady work out in the real world, and he died at a fairly young age from an overdose as he was struggling to acclimate to society now when an outsider would look at Rob they might think that he could, he got what he deserved through a sentence. But when I look at the challenging realities of his life I see that it's more complex. Did Rob break the law? Sure. But it's hard to dismiss his travails as justice. From an early age the cards really did seem stacked against him. I knew him pretty well and people have choices in life, but I knew a lot about him and it felt like some things in his life were not fair, and it still makes me sad to think about him not finding the redemption that he truly did desire in his life. Now, some people are troubled by the question of tzaddik viralo, which means the suffering of the righteous. But never mind tzaddikiv, never mind righteous people, what about just regular people? There's plenty of people who suffer, seemingly, more than their fair share Regardless of whether or not they are righteous. Now, why does that matter? Well, because Tzedek, justice, is a foundation of the Torah. The Torah tells us actually, and Shoftim Tzedek Tzedek Tirdof, you shall diligently pursue justice in order that you will live and take possession of the land. As I mentioned, we recently began reading Sefer Devarim Deuteronomy, and as the Sefer opens, the Jewish people are here on the eastern bank of the Yardain, the Jordan River, receiving instructions on how to set up our justice system. And not only that, eventually, later on in Hazinu, the Torah will teach us that God himself is the epitome of tzedak of justice. Hatsur tamim poelo, the rock, perfect is his work. Kichol drachov mishpat, all of his ways are justice. Eil l'munah vi'ein avol Tzadik Yashar who a God faithful without iniquity. Hashem is tzadik, Yashar, upright. So much of Devarim that we read in the coming weeks is about the justice that we pursue in this world. Now think to that verse, tzadik, tzadik, tir'dof." By repeating the words tzadik, justice, and telling us, "tir'dof," pursue it, It sounds like we should be restless in the goal of chasing justice. The Torah is telling us that there is no rest for the weary. But often, as we know, all the chasing won't help. It is not hard to find gut-wrenching situations of people that don't seem to be dealt a fair and just hand. Consider one of the many people in history who was born, lived, and died as a slave. Where is their justice? This is a question that could drive a person mad. How do, we, how do we digest the real pain in our world when life often doesn't seem fair? As Moshe was preparing the Jewish people to enter the land of Israel, he guided them to build our Jewish society on the principle of mishpat, justice, law, and order. The Torah says, You shall not show favoritism in judgment. Small, like you shall hear. The Torah continues, you shall not fear any person, don't fear flesh and blood. For judgment, justice, belongs to God. The first part of the sentence is telling us that we can't show favoritism, either to the wealthy who we think deserve honor, or to the poor people that we might feel deserve special compassion. If there's some common worker in the shuk, the marketplace that has a case, that's important to them. The judges must take it up. They must take it very seriously. And finally, Moshe tells the Jewish people, he tells the judges that, don't fear any person. Why? Do what's right. Don't fear flesh and blood. Judgment is unto God. And Rashi explains that if justice is not served, ultimately, God will bring about justice. Rashi writes, Umasha Tanoto. If a judge, for example, takes money from a person that is in a a way that is against the law, he does something that's wrong, justice is perverted, what happens? Rashi says in the name of God, You are forcing me, God, to return the money to the person that was wronged. And so... Rashi is saying that God ultimately will make justice happen even if the courts don't. And it makes sense that God brings about justice. After all, we learn in HaZinu that God is perfect, he's totally just. But is it really true that God will make sure that a person gets their money back? We see all sorts of situations where there doesn't seem to be justice, at least as we see it. Now, looking at this verse, I presume that the underlying truth of this verse and this Rashi is that what's really happening here is that Rashi's teaching us that God brings about justice, be it in this world or in the next world. As Jews, the Torah teaches us that God is perfect, but we don't see the full picture of God's perfection in this world alone. Only in the hereafter do we get a full picture. But in any case, we see this in this one verse the relationship between God and man bringing about justice. Yes, you need to do justice, hear all the cases, don't fear flesh and blood, but also know that justice belongs to God. How can we sleep at night knowing that justice is perverted at times? The answer is that justice is important and the the world can seem unfair. But the Torah injects a whole new element into the conversation. And that element, that topic, is God. It's true we pursue justice. Don't show favoritism. Don't fear flesh and blood. But in the end of the day, God is the true judge. We are partners with God in bringing about truth. But we're not the ultimate guarantors of justice. Only the almighty God guarantees goodness. We're God's partners in that, but only God guarantees it. And the Torah teaches us tzedek tzedek tirdov pursue justice, do all you can, but understand ki mishpat le lokimhu. judgment is unto God. And with this view, we join as partners with God in spreading the truth. I was very moved last week. I watched uh, on YouTube President Isaac Herzog speak before the United States Congress and standing before a full chamber Herzog presented a whole vision of peace in the Middle East, a future in the Middle East and beyond based on Jewish values and ideas. And Herzog touched on a broad range of issues, balance of power, democracy, a vision of peace, the transition of power from one generation to the next. And in each topic, he came back to Jewish values and even verses straight out of the Tanakh. Now, here's an amazing thing. He was praised across the spectrum of Israeli politicians' leaders right, left, and center. And his vision of continued democracy in Israel and in the United States received numerous standing ovations there in Congress. It's really amazing to think that people from all over the country, whether it's Florida, Nebraska, Idaho, California, New Jersey, both parties, Democrats, Republicans, rose to stand on their feet and applaud him? How is it that representatives from all 50 states and both political parties rose to their feet dozens of times for the words of a leader from a state called Israel? Amazing thing to think about. And the answer is that the Jewish people stand for a vital message. God is good. We are God's partners and bring goodness to our world. Jews have always been emissaries of that message. We've always been partners with Hashem at the forefront of justice movements. Herzog noted one small example, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, who joined Martin Luther King Jr. in the Selma March in 1965. It's one of many examples. And in this time of year, in these days of summer, moving towards later summer, we turn towards Devarim, and it's really a sefer that's about the partnership between man and, and God. And the Sefer opens up with the words, E'l Moshe yisrael These are the words that Moshe spoke to all of Israel across the Jordan. And just a few sentences later, the Torah says, the Torah Moshe began to explain this Torah saying, and the Maharal of Prague explains that there's a key difference here between Devarim on the one hand in the first four Svar, in shmos, vaikra, and Bamidbar, on the other hand, in the first four books of the Torah, although Moshe transmits the word of God, God himself is speaking. It says, like in the Ten Commandments, for example, Moshe spoke and God called out the voice. So in other words, while Moshe uttered the words, it was God literally placing those words into Moshe's mouth. That's what happened in the Ten Commandments. and really says the Ma'aral, the first four books of the Torah. But here in Devarim, say for number five, Moshe is a messenger who's hearing the word of God, sharing it, elaborating on it. Moshe repeats the story of the spies, for example, but he adds his own wrinkle. And in that light, Devarim Sefer Devarim can be thought of as a bridge, a new beginning, a bridge between the fixed written Torah on the one hand and the oral transmitted Torah on the other hand. Sefer Devarim, which we read in these weeks, is where God and Moshe meet on a deeper level. And so as Jews, we are partners with God and we are his messengers. But how do we achieve this? How do we stand as God's messengers? What about those of us who don't get to stand before a full chamber of the United States Congress? Well, as President Isaac Herzog noted, the Jewish people are under attack in Israel always. And even still, we greet one another in Israel, Jews greet one another in Israel, that is, with the word shalom, peace. And in fact, as I'm recording, we've got Tisha B'av coming up later this week, Wednesday night and Thursday night, Tishabav a day of mourning. And one of the things that differentiates Tisha B'av is that we don't utter the word Shalom. In fact, Rabbi Leo D. points to this practice as a clear guidance that on every other day of the year, you should proactively greet one another with the word Shalom. It's a basic thing. In fact, the Gemara says about Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai that no one ever preceded him in giving the greeting of Shalom. If you bumped into Rabbi Yogan and Mazaki at ShopRite or your local supermarket, there's no question that he would say shalom to you first. And so while we're about to experience a day in the Jewish year when we refrain from the greeting of shalom, much like in the house of mourning, it only goes to show how truly important the word shalom is. And our rabbis even teach us that the word shalom is one of God's names. And so here we see that even with something as simple as a a greeting, a Jewish greeting, we actually are spreading a Jewish message. And that's a message that's holy. It's a message that's needed in this world. It's a message of warmth and acceptance. It's a message of sharing God's name. And so in that light, at this moment, I want to leave you with this important word that we really should contemplate and ponder and use every day and that word is shalom. Thanks for being with me. I'm Ken Brodkin and this is the Jewish Growth Podcast.